In this episode of the Un Sunday Show, I want to talk to you about the effect that sermons have on the functioning of the body of Christ. So let's get started. You're listening to the Un Sunday Show. Leaving behind religious obligation to find a more authentic expression of Christ in us. This is the On Sunday Show. Hey friends, Mike Adams here with the On Sunday Show. Hey, before I forget, I need to make you aware that I have shut down my contact form at unsunday.com simply because I can't keep up. There's a whole lot of you and only one of me. And so I was constantly falling behind on replying and I finally just had to shut the thing down because I was getting too many emails. But the good news is you can still reach out to me. You can leave a comment at unsunday.com on any one of the episodes. And I do see those. I may not respond to them, but I do see them. But for the time being, that contact form has been taken down. So I have no plans of putting it back up anytime soon. But if that were to happen, I'll let you know. Also, my new Facebook page is ready to open. In fact, it's open. It's ready to be looked at. It's ready to be followed if that's something you want to do. If you're on Facebook and you want to follow the On Sunday show there, you can do that now. And I'll have a link in the description of this episode so that you can get there easily. So there's two announcements I wanted to make right up front. But in this episode, I want to talk to you about sermons. I want to talk to you about how sermons specifically have hindered the body of Christ from doing what it's supposed to be doing when we're gathered together. And basically what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing when the body of Christ is gathered together is every member functioning. It's important that everyone's spiritual gift is functioning within the body of Christ when we're gathered together. But sermonism, or sermons in general, tend to shut that down. They throw a wet blanket on participation. You can't participate when the high point of the day is the sermon, or the high point of the week is the sermon. And as we know, it's important that every member, every member in the body of Christ, is able to exercise their spiritual gifts. But we're so sermon-focused. Sermons are the high point of the day, they're the high point of the week, and they're the high point of the day on Sundays. More often than not, a Sunday service will be judged by the quality of the sermon. If you pull away the sermon, then really all you've got is a music fest. And so it's the sermon That's the high point, and it's usually the pastor or one of the pastors that's bringing the message of the sermon. And so what we have is one-way communication. We don't have a dialogue going on. We have one-way communication. We have a monologue. And that monologue is basically one person giving their opinion about something without any opportunity to interact. But that isn't how we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, is it? One of the ways that we grow in the grace and knowledge— of our Lord Jesus is by participation. It's by dialogue. It's by communicating. This is what we see when we open up the pages of Scripture. We don't see one person giving a monologue. We see the entire body of Christ functioning together. And that's how we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Again, we don't grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus by sitting passive in a chair or passive in a pew and listening to someone give a monologue without any opportunity to interact. What this does is squelch the priesthood of all believers. If the body of Christ is a priesthood of believers, and it is, 
then a one-way monologue sermon is throwing a wet blanket on the priesthood of all believers. It's not allowing it to function. Instead, we're listening to one person's opinion of what Scripture says or what we ought to be doing or whatever the topic or verse happens to be that day. We're just simply listening to their opinion without any opportunity to interact or to share our own. And since, as the New Covenant Scriptures tell us, we all have an anointing from the Holy One, then we all have something to add. We all have insight. And this is how the priesthood of all believers functions. It functions as a true priesthood where everyone is active, everyone has a chance to participate. But in a Sunday sermon setting, that doesn't even get a chance to get off the ground, does it? And we're so accustomed to listening to sermons on Sunday that we think it's the normal thing to do. We think they've always been there. We think because what we see in our setting today is the priority of a sermon on a Sunday that it must have always been that way, but that's not the case. Sermons began to permeate the New Covenant body of believers back in the 2nd and 3rd centuries. It began to get exposure in the 2nd century, and by the 3rd century, it was the norm. And what we see as sermonizing today really has its roots, or its beginning, in pagan Greek rhetoric. And without spending too much time on that topic, basically, the Greek rhetoric that sermonism originated from and sprang out of and was brought into the Christian assembly really had to do with polished speaking. It was an art of polished speaking. It was an entertainment. It was a form of entertainment. It didn't matter if what you were saying was true or false. It was how you said it. If you could wax eloquent, then you were considered to be a good speaker and you would actually be hired and paid for speaking. Sound familiar? Well, this was brought into the church, as I said, beginning in the second century and on into the third century where it really took root. This isn't something that was Holy Spirit produced. This isn't something that contributes to the health of the body of Christ. It's foreign to it. It's something that certain leaders within the church brought into the church from outside of the church and Christianized it and made it part of the church. In fact, not only did they make it part of the church or part of the assembly, but it became the central focus of the assembly, much like it is today. Nothing's changed in that regard. One of the things that this did is that it helped to establish the hierarchy within the body of Christ that didn't exist before that. It added a further separation of the supposed clergy and laity, even though such a division doesn't exist in the body of Christ, it's fake, it's pretend, sermonizing bolstered that division. It put one more piece in the separation between us and them, and it made the supposed clergy the professional speaker, the professional orator. And there was training involved. You had to be trained in Greek rhetoric to become a polished speaker. Speaking in this fashion was called homilies. In most Bible colleges and seminaries today, you'll have a class or a series of classes on homiletics. I had that. I was in a homiletics class. And it's in homiletics that you learn Greek rhetoric. Not that you're speaking Greek, that's not what I mean, but you learn the principles of rhetorical speaking, of Greek rhetoric, of being a polished speaker. You're trained to be polished. And within the church, within the assembly, early on, even in the second and third centuries, if you weren't trained, if you weren't a trained speaker, you weren't qualified to say anything. Again, does that sound familiar? That's still with us today. 
with the professionalism and the hierarchy that we have within Christian assemblies today and within institutional churches today, we still see this, don't we? This is all around us. If you haven't been trained properly, you can't say anything. But when we open the pages of the New Covenant Scriptures, that isn't what we see. We see everyone contributing. We see everyone able to contribute. But what modern church or what institutional church, institutional Christianity has done is it's trained that out of us. Now, we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to participate. What we do know how to do is to sit passively in the chair or passively in the pew and watch someone else do it who's been trained to do it a certain way. And we think, well, they're qualified and I'm not. But that's a bunch of fooey. That's not true. Again, we've all received an anointing from the Holy Spirit, and we're all gifted by Him in different ways. I need your spiritual gifts, and you need mine. And yet, in the modern institutional church setting, none of that happens because, again, the central point, the focus point, is the sermon, and only those trained to deliver the sermon can speak. And like I said a moment ago, this just reinforces the division that already exists between the professional Christian in the pulpit and the rest of us. We've bought into the false idea that they've got something we don't, that they've got some special calling, that they've got some special anointing, that they've got some special gift that none of the rest of us have, and they're the only ones qualified to get up and do anything. But friends, church history gave us that. That's a product of church history. That's a product of those who put themselves in charge early on in church history and then invented ways to keep control. And today it's so common we don't question it. We don't know that we should question it. It doesn't dawn on us that, hey, maybe there's something wrong with this model. Maybe it can be changed. Maybe it's not necessary. So for me personally, I believe that sermons are one of the greatest hindrances to growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Because all we get in that setting is someone else's opinion, right or wrong, and we can't challenge it. We can't raise our hand and say, well, wait a second, this doesn't sound right. Or we can't raise our hand and say, well, have you considered this verse over here? Or say something like, that's not really the context. I mean, try that and see how fast you get ushered out the door. But what do we see when we open the pages of Scripture? In the New Covenant Scriptures, we see everyone arriving with a psalm, something to say, something to sing, something to bring, and a group participation. But we've lost that. We have completely lost the ability to do that. We don't know how to do it, and we've not done it for so long that it sounds a little scary to most of us. So these are just a few of the reasons why I think the modern sermon is detrimental to the health of the body of Christ. I've done it. I used to do it all the time. In fact, I remember a conversation with my wife several years ago when I asked her, do you remember any of the sermons that I preached? And she thought about that for a little while, and then she said, no. And you know what? I don't either. I've since gotten rid of all of those notes, but I don't remember them either. But the whole idea of a three or four point outline comes from ancient Greek rhetoric. And to receive training to be a polished speaker is sourced in the same thing. It's not something we see in the New Covenant or New Testament scriptures at all. It's not something we see in the Old Testament scriptures. It's not something we see in the Bible. It's a product of church history that's been handed to us, and like so much else in church history that has been handed to us that is detrimental to us, 
we don't know that we should question it. But sermonizing was definitely something that was brought into the assembly from the surrounding culture and repackaged and Christianized and brought into this setting where the person speaking mounts the pulpit and sort of heralds forth their opinion about something, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And no one can say anything about it. Sermons are so important to us today that many small groups spend their time together during the week talking about the sermon. The sermon is the pinnacle of the whole thing. And like I said at the beginning, if you take away the sermon, you've basically got a music fest or a concert or some kind of a music thing going on because that's all that's left after that. And we do judge a church service by the content or the quality of the sermon. We're sermon-centric. And we rely on the sermon to tell us what we believe, to tell us what we should do, to make us feel guilty for not doing it, or to make us happy because we think we're pulling it off, instead of dialoguing together with one another so that collectively we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So hey, that's all I have for you right now. I just wanted to talk about that. It's been on my mind the last week or so, and I just wanted to say a few things about it. I'm sure I'll return to that topic again simply because it's kind of a hot topic button with me. So I'll let you go, and until next time, you all take care, and thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Unsunday Show. To be a part of this ongoing conversation, visit us online at unsunday.com.